Welcome to Talking Chalk Season 2. I'm your host, Jamie. With me, as always, is my esteemed co-host, Ian Goodenough. How's it going, Ian? Going well. Hang, uh, hanging in there. Ready ready for some baseball coming around the corner, hopefully. Yeah, we're going to talk to Speed in just a few minutes. Uh, before that, we're going to break down his, his team last year, his uh, triumphant win. I know we talked about him quite a bit in the playoffs and championship round, etc. Uh, before we get to that, though, Ian, king for a day. Are you changing MLB to a universal DH or changing the NFL overtime role? Universal DH. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think the thing is, and that's the, the whole overtime thing. It, it was more awful before when you when a field goal was, would right. win it on the first possession. If you let a team score. Yeah. I don't feel that bad for you. And I fucking hate watching college like overtime, which is so I like the college is fun. And in that scenario, the back and forth would have been cool in that scenario, I guess, because they were going to go back and forth. But it's like, that's not why they lost. That's not why, you know, if you go that far into a game, there was other points to win. And then you let them score a touchdown. So, yeah, universal DH is there enough. Keep it, Tyler Glass now safe. No, not bad yeah, anymore. Remember, yeah, Gallon, Gallon ruined his oh, season right. last year. Yeah. And then there's, I don't know, there's just all these, nobody likes to watch pitchers hit. It's dumb. It is it's, fucking dumb. Yeah. You know, DH lives matter. Dude, yep. And it just, it would make fantasy that much better. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I definitely universal DH. Let's get rolling with speed here. So first time winner, I was looking back, uh, Speed joined after the inception of the league, joined in 2013. Uh, so it was kind of our fifth year in the league. Uh, this was his ninth season. Made the playoffs three times out of those nine seasons. I talked before with you about kind of how he was a, a disappointing player or a manager, at least in my opinion. I felt like he got kind of a pass because Speed's a cool guy. Most people get along with him. Uh, you know, respect him as a, a person and, and manager, but really hadn't put up the results until the last two seasons. Last year, made the playoffs. This year, finally got over the hump. Uh, what do you think finally pushed, pushed speed over the hump here? Uh, I think it was a, 
thing of the last two years. I mean, one that obviously stands out, uh, you know, he got a superstar, Fernando Tatis, and that normally helps your, uh, you competing is having, you know, one of, if not the best fantasy player in the league. Uh, but I also think speed, and I've talked about this before, he's gotten much more aggressive. He was one of the most aggressive teams in the short season in, you know, trading picks to acquire guys. Um, it ended up getting him another, you know, kind of arguable franchise cornerstone piece in Woodruff of having another top pitcher yep. uh, to pair with Bauer at the point. Uh, so, and, and, you know, and, and again, this year he was the most aggressive, or this past year, excuse me, he was the most aggressive about getting Teoscar Hernandez outbid myself for him. He was a huge player in helping him and, and you know, looks like a player that will, will be a nice keeper going into the next year. So um, yeah, combination of, you know, getting that star player, but then also just having the, the win mentality once he kind of, once he kind of sniffed it, I guess you'd say. Yeah, you're right. Tatis is one of those like franchise cornerstone young guys uh, that anybody would like to start a, a fantasy baseball franchise with. But I also feel like the depth of speed's elite keepers has just grown. You know, you mentioned over the last two years, he always had Freddie Freeman, always had Manny Machado. Tatis obviously took a step this year, uh, you know, up into that upper, upper echelon. But over the last two years, you know, Teoscar Hernandez was the 20th ranked player this year and Speed bought him for a first round pick. Like that's typically what you buy a guy for that's not going to be on your team at, at the end of the year. At the deadline, you had that bat that's like aging, but you know, now this is going to be a, a keeper for Speed, adds another elite hitter, and then did the same thing last year with Brandon Woodruff. And when you, once you start getting four, five, six elite players deep, you know, we all have eight keepers, but the quality of those keepers is not deep on some teams where you got some average guys or guys you want to take a chance on, but he's keeping, you know, four elite hitters and Freeman, Machado, Tatis, Teoscar, and then on the pitching side, Woodruff and Bauer before Bauer's, you know, whole ordeal and, and issues. That was a heck of a punch, one-two punch. Punch and buttocks. Yeah, his, yep. No kink shaming here, uh, but, but, but I think you you bring up a great point in that, you know, it's two things of like, I think Freeman and Machado are always good keepers, but in the last couple of years have, have stepped up to another level of, you know, being, you know, the kind of top 10 hitters, right. Um, you know, or, or, or in that range. And then on the other side too, each Teoscar Hernandez and Woodruff at the time that he traded for them were well-regarded players in the league, like I guess. Top say, 100. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, not, but they've definitely accelerated their their standing as a fantasy asset, for lack of a better term, you know, over the time that Speed's had them as well. Yeah, so he had a pretty good keeper set. He always had the Freddie Freeman and the Machado. But I think if you take any team in the league and you add a Teoscar Hernandez and a Brandon Woodruff, that's enough to push you over the, uh, the edge. And Speed finally got there this year. He was aggressive with managing I was looking at the trades that he actually made, you know, obviously made the Teoscar trade, but otherwise kind of picked his spots while a lot of other people were kind of going all in, giving up a ton of picks, uh, you know, speed made just a few trades. I think it was three or four last year. Uh, no really big splashes besides Teoscar. In fact, kind of, I feel like overpaid a little bit for some of the closers that he got relative to, you know, the quality of closers that he was acquiring but really didn't give up like that second, third, fourth round pick uh, like some of the other teams did that were trying to push their chips all into the uh Yeah, the so he kind year. of, yeah, obviously he traded the 
excuse me, the first and first and sixth for Teoscar, uh, and then kind of hollowed out the middle of his draft, I guess you'd say, where he has the second and third round picks, but he does not then pick again until the ninth round. Right. So, I mean, although, you know, with that keeper set, it's just the important thing is kind of hitting on one of those two top three round picks. And then, you know, you kind of will say you'll fill in the roster from there. Yeah. And we, we talked uh, with some of the other folks who have given up picks in that playoff race last year. And uh, it can be difficult to reacquire the same level of closers and starting pitching depth without those early picks. So you're right. You just have to hit on the few picks that you do have. Uh, and then hope that quality of your keeper set allows you to, you know, beg, borrow, and steal throughout the season to put together that championship team or that playoff team again. Or, or yeah, exactly. Or his keeper set carries him long enough where he just trades next year's pick and does the keep the same thing going, you know? Yeah, but, you know, Speed's one of those guys. So we had, uh, you know, obviously Ricky made it last year. Housekey made it last year. Uh, those are kind of guys that with their keeper set and the picks that they gave up, I feel like they're closer to like bubble teams for this upcoming season. I feel like with speeds keeper set, like he's more of a sure thing, assuming disaster doesn't strike to kind of be on those top four, top five teams, like almost assured that playoff spot. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, the only, I guess you'd say, question marks that he would have is you know do we do we have a resolution of the bauer situation i don't think so not officially no. we just, i think we just kind of assume that it's going to be i my assumption is is that it'll be you know they come down with some kind of suspension and they count his time from last year his time served and you know and then he's pitching you know pretty much to start the year uh but obviously we'll see and then i think I mean, I don't even think it's really a question anymore. I mean, I don't know if, you know, I'm sure last year was Pete Teoscar Hernandez, but it's like, how much further does he really go down? I mean, the power is going to be there, you know, maybe he doesn't bat 296 again, and maybe he doesn't steal 12 bases, but you're still talking about, you know, a top 50 player probably. And it is interesting because I, I feel like speed is locked into these keeper decisions. Like there's no bubble keeper, like that ninth guy that you could make a case for, at least that I can see. Like he's got Yaz, who was good last year. Uh, but, you know, looking at the team, he's got that really elite talent at the very top. Uh, but I have a hard time seeing who the ninth or 10th keeper would be here. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I, th- and I feel like, I don't know, I kind of felt that about his team a lot of that point during the year. I felt like he was a little kind of, top heavy i guess you'd say and yeah but the top was so good and and like you're saying the the elite depth if you call it there of like it's not like he had two really good players and then not depth it's like he had you know six really elite really really good players carrying the weight and that you know and that kind of that that makes up for that a lot you don't need to have a full you know what do you call it 10 10 hitters through or whatever i felt like his pitching depth was pretty good but i feel like that kind of went back and forth throughout the year depending on how Tani was pitching and then you know I, I don't know he kind of did a good job of kind of plugging guys in and out yeah I mean speed speed earned the buy uh so one fewer week he's got to win that second week of the playoffs he just demolished Housky 18 home runs like it, it was just not not going to be close and he pitched decent enough that Housky wasn't able to uh compete in the pitching categories and then Ben just had that the championship last year was interesting because Ben had a really good hitting week 
speed at a down hitting week, but speed at a really good pitching week. Um, and again, speed might not have had the deepest team might not have had the best sixth, seventh, eighth starter, or, uh, like we said, that, that sixth or seventh or eighth hitter, uh, that he's really going to struggle to, to drop or be torn about dropping. Uh, but when you put yourself in that good position with the, the buy, you just have to win those two weeks. You know, it, uh, you've done, you've done the work throughout the season. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. To have things come your way, uh, you know, that way, uh, the other thing, I mean, I think, you know, to kind of bring up too, in that it's interesting that as much of a roller coaster ride to tease had last year on that, you know, popping a shoulder out, not being able to make throws to first base. Uh, you know, he missed some time. I know, you know, at some point we thought, you know, he, you know, was going to need surgery and I don't even, I don't even think he's getting surgery this year, but I'm not certain about that. Uh, still ends up the fifth ranked player Yeah, with only 400, 478 at bats. And he's the fifth ranked player last year. Was Tatis like the scariest player to go against, uh, last year? I, I feel like he was the type of guy that just could hit a six home run week, just like that. Six home yeah, runs, four yeah, steals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And him contributing across the board like that and in such great volume. Like I said, only 478 at bats, yet you're still talking about 42 home runs and 25 stolen bases. That's just a lot of volume on each side compacted into, you know, very few number of games yeah, relatively. And, and that shoulder could be a question going forward. I, I know. It was a question, you know, that we had throughout last season. And, and I'm sure the Padres had that question too, about what he was going to be able to provide them, but and, the fifth ranked and player. I remember too, that like, even, you know, not only did he miss some time, but I remember there was like, there was a stretch where he wasn't hitting at all too shortly after he got hurt, where it just looked like, it's like, you know, maybe I'm, just, if my memory serves me correctly, I feel like there was a point where it's like, oh, you kind of got to shut him down. Like he, he couldn't play defense. He wasn't hitting well and all that, but yet, it just goes to show you how hot he is when he is hot, that it's like you look at the numbers at the end and it was what they said, a top five fantasy season. Yeah, certainly. Like I said, one of the more uh, terrifying players to, to face because he could basically single-handedly win a matchup. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, and that's what drives it. It's like that type of player is why, you know, you drives a lot of you know, big victories for speed when he has those type of weeks. So. And then, I feel like on the pitching side, Woodruff, Otani, Bauer, and Morton. So, like, do you have to keep Charlie Morton? He was the 38th ranked player last year. And Speed really doesn't have any other top 100 players aside from, you know, the, the Thai France, if you're not going to keep Charlie Morton. Yeah, I think I think he'll keep Morton. I think always talking to him, he's always just kind of said that. I think he's been in this he's been in this similar situation with Morton as I was with Ortiz back in the day, where it's like you always think it's going to be his last year, and because he just kind of says that every time, and then he just kind of plays another year, and you keep him thinking it's just a one year thing, and but you're like, yeah, he's so good, you know, I, I I'll worry about replacing him next year. You know, there's a uh, an interesting what if scenario last year. I'm not sure whether Speed would have gone through with it or whether it was just a joke but morton start out started out really rough last year um and both he and snell were disappointing and speed at one point texted me and asked whether we just wanted to swap our two disappointing pitchers i always love those kind of my problem for your problem right and it to me it was like well morton's you know 38 or whatever snell's 28 like i felt like there was higher upside with snell um but you know at the end of the day Morton did turn it around 
was pretty excellent for the uh, kind of the back two thirds of the season. And Snell, you know, we've discussed had his one or two starts that seemed like he returned to form, but overall did not put up anywhere close to the quality of Morton. So uh, that would have been an interesting what if swapping those players that early in the season. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the, I mean, just the big aspect with Morton is obviously had a great year last year, but it's the, the volume you get, um, you know, I'm, I'm backing out the, the 2020 shortened season here with where he actually didn't really pitch well at all, but you know, he has um, 194 innings in 2019 and then follows it up with 185 innings last year, um, 19 quality starts in each of those seasons. So, you know, just, not a not on that elite line of pitchers, but the the sheer volume he gives you and the reliability and all that is just really is really valuable, especially in our league format. He's just a wild dude too, Charlie Morton. He signed with the Phillies and had that increased velocity that one season, but he it was an injury shortened season. It was 2016. He only pitched four games, but he was touching like 99, 100. He just threw harder, and then the next season he signed with the Astros and then was suddenly elite. Like his, uh, his caper nine jumped four over the, you know, two seasons prior. And, uh, you know, he stopped giving up as many home runs and uh, the Babu got a lot better. And he's just a guy that at age like 34 reinvented himself. And another one of those guys who goes to the Astros and suddenly gets better. Right. Yeah. Using that substance. uh... All right, talking chalk, welcoming the champion last year, Speed uh, on the pod. Good, for, good of you to join us, Speed. How's it going? No, oh, I'm going pretty good. What's up, you fucking? Liars? Yeah, we see uh, the trophy in the background uh, on the Zoom call here. How's it? How's the trophy been treating you? Uh, you know, not bad. It's uh, set out so I uh, can see it every morning. Have you uh, taken it anywhere, a la the Stanley Cup trophy, done anything with it? Uh, it's made a trip down to Dewey. That's about it. Okay. Okay. I'm sure it's Seen been the there. Beach. We went for a long stroll on the beach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so talk to us about last year. You know, obviously, we, uh, we talked quite a bit about your playoff matchups, your team, et cetera. But, you know, kind of walk us through from the start of the season. Like, what kind of expectations did you have going into the season? based on your keepers, like some of the trades you were making, your draft, et cetera. And then were there any points in the season where you felt like, okay, I'm going to go all in this year, or this is my year, or any sort of turning points or, or interesting things of note? Well, the one interesting thing of note that I realized looking back at the notes, I was on a three-week losing streak going into the playoffs. Yep. Lost to Bill, Halski, and Evan, 7-4, 7-4, and 6-4. So the end of the season didn't go as planned. Um, the beginning of the season, uh, as you guys know from the other podcasts, we, uh, I beat Perry, and then I beat Duty, and then there was week three versus Goody, where his arch nemesis, Fernando Tatis, uh, hit seven home runs, stole four bases, had a three eighty five. Uh, average and a 1.476 OPS. Goody, I told you Tatis is the most terrifying player in the league to play against. I know I've brought it up enough before. I faced I faced him at his best enough. So after after that big win over uh, Goody and Tatis's show, it was all downhill from there, or all. Uh, actually, it was. I lost to Pat and Trevor, 
uh, a 10 to two and a nine to three, and then was able to tie Ben. Uh, the week I played Pat, though, he had a 2.06 ERA and a 0.96 whip. So it was one of those uh, Pat weeks where all his oranges juice perfectly. Yeah, that's why the, those rate stats don't matter to Pat, right? Because just any given week, you can have a great, uh, great performance. Well, you know, to that point, I didn't average in the championship, and there's a trophy sitting behind me, so average doesn't matter. Right, right. Yeah, that, uh, that was an interesting championship matchup between you and Ben we can get to uh, at some point here. But I think, you know, as you mentioned, the three weeks that you lost prior to the playoffs, and then that bye week probably couldn't come soon enough to – take a breath and uh, then just win those last two weeks is all you needed to do. Yep. That, yeah, that's right. But uh, the other point that I was going to make is I traded for Teoscar in week seven from week seven to 15. I did not lose and I only had one tie. So uh, you could say my season kind of went upward after trading for Teoscar in a deal that I would have got him for a third if Goody didn't jump in. Yeah, and let's see uh, how Josh fared from week eight onward. Uh, loss, loss, win, loss, 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 loss. Yeah, so uh, he probably could have used Teoscar I mean, Hernandez. Perry probably would have lost with or without <laughs> Teoscar Hernandez. But yeah, per- having Perry would have done, or having Teoscar on Perry's team would have done nothing for him. Uh, well, he would have been a nice keeper. We'll say that. We'll, uh, we'll he talk wasn't sure if he was going to keep it up. Jesus. Yeah, that's that. We'll have to ask Perry that question if he had room for Teoscar. Uh, any other? So Goody and I were talking. Didn't make a ton of other trades. You added a few uh, kind of closers, like a second or even third tier closers towards the deadline. Uh, did you see anybody else like loading up? Uh, I know you were kind of at the top of the standings most of the year. Did you feel any pressure to you know kind of sell out and and add a bunch of guys for a playoff push? Uh, Well, I did. Um, The Teoscar trade did take away my third and or my first and sixth round. I think it was kind of stuck with that. Um, So the 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 trades I made in the middle of the season, as and you got you talked about on previous pods, they were for for closers that didn't end up having their jobs at the end of the year. But during that stretch, my mindset was if I can win one or two weeks of saves. I uh, could move up higher in the standings, which ultimately I got a buy by, I think, a half a game, Jamie? Half a game, yep. Yep. Every win uh, matters. That might have made all the difference. I'm not sure if you were tracking your stats in the bye week, uh, but it's nice not to have to to do that or to look back. I was. My uh, team would have lost for a fourth straight week if I did not get that buy. Yeah, well, that's perfect then. And that that buy brought to you by, uh, you know, a 10th start. on my on my behalf so all the dominoes fell into place last year for you i also need to congratulate you uh as the first full season winner that we've had on the pod uh i know we had ben on last last season that he just he won that abbreviated six week stretch but the fact that you won a full you know 21 game plus playoff season uh, 22 weeks since evan didn't start the playoffs on the right week uh, plus a full playoffs tip your tip my hat to you sir thank you and i'm gonna try to repeat again this year yeah what uh what do you think your chances are this upcoming year you know we talked about missing a bunch of picks kind of in that middle high rounds you have your second and third you got a pretty formidable keeper set 
carrying into next year. Uh, you should make the playoffs just on the basis of that keeper set. But how are you feeling going into next year? Uh, I feel pretty good. I got to get a little crafty with my draft picks. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do in the rookie round yet. I do have two open spots and the second waiver. Uh, okay. The question mark is the pitcher we will just call the L.A. Uh, Dodgers starting pitcher for right now. Right. We don't know what his situation is. So I was saying, I think he's ready to go whenever baseball is ready to go of the, like they'll count as time served. What, you know what I mean? What do you think that organization does? I feel like they, Oh yeah. yeah that's a whole other situation. He's got to go. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to go somewhere else though. I think. Yeah. You're right. I don't think he's pitching in LA. Oh, I don't, I don't think he's pitching in LA and I hope they, he gets traded to Philly. He's going to yeah. have to go to pitcher. I'm going to be one about this. He's going to have to go to a city a lot less woke than LA. Right. Right. <laughs> would Philly would Philly take him? You think? Philly's the uh, second chances. I mean, they took Michael Vick. Mike on the- Vick, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that was ten years. I don't know whether that would fly. Uh, we'll see. And it, it's, he's he's under contract, right? He signed like that two year deal of like forty million. Yeah. A he, year so he could have he could have opted out after the first year. Obviously, won't because he's guaranteed right. you know sixty million dollars over these. Now. I think it's like it's basically like a it was a three year, like hundred million dollar deal that he could have opted out of basically whenever he wanted. Yeah. It'll be interesting. But obviously he won't because nobody's going to pay him 30 million or whatever. Yeah. Obviously all, all the legal stuff has to play out and the MLB uh, stuff has to play out, but then does he get traded? Uh, and until then, until he gets traded, are they going to pitch him? Like, can he, uh, and what was, to be did pit- you, to kind of stop with that too, last year, while you're competing and you're carrying him as a dead roster spot, since you can't, you know, NA, a guy who's suspended, uh, what was the, did you ever get an offer for Bauer and what was the best offer? Uh, I never got a serious offer for Bauer. I had to reach out to a few of the league members for uh, trading for Bauer, but they were all very scared that he was never going to pitch again. So I think the best I got was maybe a fifth round pick. And at that point, I'll just eat the roster spot and see how it went. This is the stuff that pisses me off. Like there's, you know, there's probably six teams that should have been you know, at least four teams that when you're way out of it, just say, Hey, pony up something. I mean, it's easy for me to say, but. Right. I mean, I went in, I went to Brendan, you know, and said, Hey, give me Sandy and I'll give you a pick with Bauer. And he just didn't. Want oh to yeah. Play. I'm not trading Sandy. Yeah. Sandy's too damn good. No. All right. That's. I think he brought that up with me. And I think I recommended like, I think it was a pretty high pick. You were going to give him too. You're going to yeah. give him like a second, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I it was mean... Bauer and a second for Sandy. Yeah. That's interesting. I. I think I advised him or I said, I, I thought you were just saying, yeah, I thought you were saying just Sandy. Okay. No, no, no. It would have been a second round pick. I'm pretty sure it was second or third with or for Sandy. Yeah. Uh, So as again, it's a dead roster spot. And as you guys know, going into the playoffs, every move and every spot matters. Has your mindset changed now that you're, you know, in the off season, would you trade Bauer? I would. Um, but at the asking price is going to be a lot higher now, knowing that he's probably going to be pitching somewhere than it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Before it's like he's carrying the weight and he's trying to win. And now it's like, you're not going to get what Bauer could do of be, you know, even if he's just a top 25 pitcher. Would you trade Bauer for a first round pick? No. How much would you have someone have to add to a first round pick for Bauer? A borderline uh, keeper player and a pick. Roger. 
Would you trade? Yeah, exactly. That's Lance what I'm Lake. thinking. I'd value him as a top 25 guy. Right. And depending on how baseball comes back and how they're going to tack these balls, he could be higher. He's not going to ever be top five again, but if he's top 15, he's extremely valuable. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, keeping Charlie Morton, I assume. Or is there I'm going to run else? it back with Chuck one more year. If he's yeah. going to, I'm going to keep him. Do you remember the trade that you offered me uh, for Charlie Morton earlier in the season? I do not. What was that trade? I, perhaps you weren't serious, but you reached out asking uh, whether we should swap problem children, uh, Blake Snell, for Charlie Morton. Oh, yes, I do remember that. That was when Morton was on his uh, run of like five losses in a row of less than five innings, and I, I thought his arm fell off. Oh, it was bad, yeah. And, and Snell yeah. was equally, if not worse. Uh, right. But yeah, I was talking with Goody. That would have been an interesting what if if we had made that swap because obviously it worked out much better for Charlie Morton the remainder of the season. It would have, but if I would have had Snell and he would have still played the way he did, he still would have been shitty. <laughs> uh, you mentioned rookies. You're at the top of the draft. Are you uh, anticipating Trevor dropping either of his guys and making a selection there? I do not. So I just assume I have the first rookie waiver and it either can be traded or I will take somebody. I have a few names on a list and we'll go from there. And would you lean, I've been asking a lot of guys this question, would you lean a top prospect or a guy that would help you this year, given that you're missing a lot of middle round picks? Uh, Probably a guy that will help me this year with my first pick. And then since I'll be down the bottom, take a younger player with the second. Gotcha. Any other types of moves you're trying to make this off season or, or going into next year to position yourself? Not really. I mean, I have limited draft picks, but once the season starts, I am going to unload them all again at some point. And I feel like I'm in a three-year window with the team I have now. So what, uh, what, what's the update on Satish's shoulders? He having surgery and I, he is not having surgery. Um, he's just, so we're going through this all again. We're going to go through it all again. We're running it back. (laughs) I love it. Which, uh, which player or two on your team do you think closes that window for you? That three-year window? Uh, probably Freddie Freeman and Machado And, and, and whatever, and whatever year, uh, Tatis's arm actually just falls off. Yeah, that's a, a scary and if injury. If they get the DH added this year. Yeah, that's true. That would help if he can't field or throw as well. I mean, Bryce Harper can't field or throw, so, you know, there's that for him. I don't know about that. He's, uh, he's one of the worst defensive outfielders there is in the league. That's all right. He hits really well. Yeah. And he doesn't run into walls anymore. That's the important part. Uh, who, who do you think your competitors are next year? And who do you think uh, was a pretender this year? Uh, we'll say Goody, you. You think Ben, Pat, Housky? Pat, Pat is going to do everything he can to finish 13th. He's going to be the best 13th pace, place position uh, we'll have. I mean, you I feel like... According to him, you, we have to wait and see. He's going to 
do way more than Brendan did with rookies this year. Okay, we'll see. But, uh, I got that update as well. I'm curious to see. I feel like Pat, you know, without trying very hard, could finish 13th, you know, just naturally without, you know, manufacturing it. So. I mean, nobody, Harry nobody, could be... nobody, ju- nobody juices rocks like Pat Lowry, though. Yeah. Harry could be a, a potential uh, contender if he tries at all, the, you know. If he tries. Looking forward to having Perry on to talk to him a little bit about, maybe give him a little pep talk. Uh, he made some moves last year, so we certainly appreciate that compared to a few years in the past. You going to start so, taking him to lunch again, Jamie? I don't think that's ever going to happen. I got, I got kids. You know, if you want to, <laughs> Sorry, Perry. I, I, got, I got other people to worry about. What's wrong with you, Perry, and your kids at lunch together? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to expose them to Perry yet? Maybe in a few years. Um, yeah, we'll see. They're not really uh, going out to eat types right now. More just baby. That's good. Food. I hate people who bring very young children out to restaurants. Yeah, jo- Josh and I need to be alone at Timothy's, you know, talking through his team. I, I can't have any distractions there, nor can he. Well, he gets distracted the last four years, it seems. Hey, he didn't finish last this year. Who is going to finish last this or last this upcoming year if Pat's finishing 13? I don't see Brendan doing any better. I don't know about you guys, but I think his team will do better. What about Trevor? I don't count Trevor out purely for the fact that he manages better than half the league we have. That's certainly fair. That... He has a lot of picks too, but the, yeah. Right. His, right, right. His, his keeper set is very hinged. Not good. Or and Kirloft and Jose Abreu. Uh, going into the championship last year with Ben, it kind of like split out offense and pitching. Like, what day did you know that you were going to win? Uh, Sunday, when the last game ended. It was down to that last game. Yeah, um, I feel like the entire time, like by Tuesday, we knew it just mattered which one took the other category on the other side. Uh, it was a question if Ben could take one of the pitching categories or not, because all each side offense and pitching was determined already. Yeah, I mean, he had an outstanding offensive week. Like, I don't think you were going to catch any of those categories. No, I had yeah. my it was all it was all a matter Kowski. of whether Ben was going to take a pitching category from him or not, I think. Yeah, and I picked up a closer on Thursday night, I believe, that saved two for the Giants after coming in for two other, uh, Duvall. I do remember that, yeah. yeah and, uh, I mean, it did come down to Ben. Ben was two and two-thirds innings off, three strikeouts off. Uh, ERA and whip wasn't close at all. And quality starts was three to one. one. Yeah, it was pretty bad week quality start-wise. Uh but yeah, you kind of eked it out there. And, and like you said, you had your big offensive week against Housky. That was really no contest in that second round. No, I know I won on Monday when I went four for four to start the week with four home runs and six right. RBIs. And then, yeah, Ben had that similar uh, offensive output the week after Springer, Sal Perez continued the hot streak, et cetera. And God, fucking Sal Perez eating me, make me eat crow all goddamn year. <laughs> I love that. Pick. What is what is what what is Sal Perez rank as a hitter going into next year? 
Like O-Rank? Gotta be number one catcher. No, no, no. I'm saying in our like in your mind, if you say is he a is he a top ten offensive player going into if we were in a one year league? In our like our categories. Our categories? Yeah. yeah. Say one year league, our categories. Is he a is he our roster format? Is he a top ten offensive player? No. no. Okay. I, I'd put him at top like 30 overall. Like he, Yeah, I was gonna know. say 30. I don't know if you can rely on a repeat performance. Like I that's, usually that's basically my question is do you do you think he there's any kind of follow-up to this? Yeah, I was gonna say Ben year. can take this and write it down for his uh chalkboard, but I, there's no way Sal Perez can do that again. It's hilarious because I feel like Ben's been the biggest Sal Perez guy. Like his like all of his time in this league, he seems to always end up with Sal Perez. Like I mean, 48 home runs may not happen again, but like you don't think you could hit 37. Like, and that's still that's, a that's really my thing. Good I mean, catcher. if he hit 37 from catcher, that'd be pretty damn valuable. Yeah. Well, the but, crazy part is he played 161 games, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's valuable. Yeah, too. they were they had to have been DH him and shit. They were, but just having having a catcher play 161 games is yeah, it's valuable. Uh it makes me think of like the what it must have been like to have Mike Piazza back in the day. I think about those guys all the time, like Barry Bonds, Pedro, Randy fucking Johnson, like 300 Ks every time you draft Randy Johnson. Piazza, you were getting like 40 home runs a year from catcher. We had time machine to go play uh, fantasy baseball. Back in the steroid, back in the steroid there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When do you think Kurt Schilling goes? Like the third round? Yeah, Kurt Schilling was a strikeouts. Especially if you had like complete games or uh, quality starts. Yeah, I, I do remember my first year playing fantasy baseball. I, I just ran him Yahoo publicly. I drafted Pedro Martinez in like the second round. And he had like, you know, and this was like prime steroid era. He had like a two ERA. It was great. Yeah. He had like all, one of the all time seasons there, like a 0.9 whip. Yeah. And then the short Speaking stops. of Hall of Famers, uh, Goody, I sure, I'm sure you noticed that Scott Rowland yet again is not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Everybody else is upset about the, uh, which I'm upset too that uh, Bonds and Clemens aren't in, but I'm also pissed that Roland's not in. We need to get justice someday. Why do you think Scott Roland's a Hall of Famer? Top 10 third Thank baseman you. of all time. Top 10 third baseman of all time. Ah. Look it up, Jamie. Like war wise? Look up war. Yeah, look up yeah. war. Uh, I, all you Philly fans just hate him because he, he, his knees couldn't take it on the vet and he had to leave. I guess. I, you know, I don't really care about Phillies. Or I know you like really that. don't. I just know that's why Speed and Perry hate him because, you know, they probably bought Scott Rowland jerseys as kids and then he left and they've never forgiven him. I have an autographed baseball of Scott Rowland. I should light it on fire now. But Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't yet. Uh, Speed, any final words to the league? You know, first-time champion. I mentioned a goodie. Been in the league nine years now. Uh, third playoff appearance. Last year, you had a really good showing, and this year, you know, pushed it over the top uh, throughout the entire season. Yeah, wait, give them the because I feel like you've asked people this: the where do you stand in the in the the hierarchy of rankings now? And I feel like you've asked a lot about Speed's legacy. Let, yeah, where where do you think you stand? I'm still middle of the pack. I need to uh, have a few more playoff appearances, maybe another championship. Yeah, who are your compatriots like? Who do you, who are you on the same tier as like in that middle of the pack? 
See, I don't, it's hard for me to judge that because a lot of guys were in the league many more years before me. I've only been in the league nine years where when the league was started 14 years. Who, so. who are you better than? Harry. That's, <laughs> that's low, low hanging fruit. Who, who's someone that we think is better than you that you think you're better than? Probably duty. If anybody. You think we think duty is better than you? Yes. That's uh, Ian. I don't you guys know about each you. Have one ch- yeah. <laughs> I don't think Duty's better think, than Speed. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, dude, dude, uh, so we brought this up on the pod with him. You know, Duty's only made the playoffs like once in the last nine years. Really? Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Duty is not at the top of my list. He's in the bottom third. Like, you know uh, what? You know who I think I'm better than at this point? Mook, because he's never going to. Oh, all right. Okay. That's that's a little better. So you Mook think you're better? Doesn't than have the cojones to pony up to go all in. I've I've been saying that a lot in the chat, especially last year, Jamie. That I say Mook doesn't have what it takes anymore. I think yeah. I've even said that on this pod when I talked about how he wouldn't trade Glenick. I've uh... he's got his shiny new toy of Buxton that'll play 110 games, and then he'll complain about every game every day that he's not playing. Yeah. What, what do you think about that, Jamie? Mook, Mook uh, name game of Mook versus Speed. From this point forward. I'm still going with Mook, I think. Like, Mook's, like, my top tier is pretty small, but, like, Mook is close to the top of my second tier, like that next four or five guys. And we, and we obviously speed's probably jerk, there. We, we, we jerk off the Mook scouting ability always. Mook might, Mook might be, like, the fifth best team in the league and like speed to me is like in that fifth through seventh fifth through eighth uh at least currently um you know because some guys have more championships or playoff appearances but they were way far in the past so you know as of today but yeah speed speed thinking that there's going to be a uh different top tier in the upcoming years will you guys think ricky or brendan will turn this around i don't see it i, I don't I mean, know they gotta they gotta prove it first i think i'm pretty fucking elitist too like i see some of the mistakes that some teams make that are like so obvious to me uh like, like what, what kind of mistake are you talking here just like you know ricky carrying three catchers six, and, and you know, six short stops you using a using like Travis Darno at first base. Cause he's got catcher first base eligibility. Like that was an old, that was an old Ben move. Yeah. Like Travis Darno has having first base eligibility does nothing for you because <laughs> he's a shitty catcher. Anyway, he shouldn't play catcher for you. He definitely shouldn't play first base for you, which is a premium offensive position where you want a guy <laughs> who's going to hit 30 home runs and bat 270. And Travis Dardo is not the answer. I feel like Travis Dardo is like that guy that you like, you like DFS stream versus maybe a bad pitcher. If he's got a good platoon matchup. Right. But yeah, I, one year I had to, I had to tell Ricky, like you should not roster Travis Dardo as your starting first baseman. Cause like that was his day in day out guy. So there's like, there's things like that that are really obvious. I think Ricky, Ricky got a lot better last year about his day-to-day I, management. I think, not saying that he's one of the best at it yet, or even is now, but much better. I think it was very much improved. For sure. For sure. Like guys are evolving, which is really fun to see. The league is evolving, more trades, player for player. 
like fitting in weaknesses, trading away strengths, like try to balance your team out. Uh, but yeah, every once in a while, I, I look at a guy or a manager and I'm just like, he's still kind of in the amateur, uh, amateur tier. So speed, yeah, you about Housky? Oof, that's Housky makes some questionable moves to me sometimes. He's impatient. Housky doesn't have a championship. Bit. He's been in this league 14 seasons. I don't know what he's waiting on. <laughs> Pat doesn't either. Like at some point, like for a tiebreaker, they might be on the same tier as speed, but like at this point, you got to put them a step below, right? Yeah, because I yeah, that's where I think it's interesting. Don't. Yeah. The other thing that I will say I'm elitist about in this league, a lot of people complain there's no first baseman, shortstops, or third baseman. Since I've joined the league, I really haven't had that issue. Yeah, certain teams in the league have like a really skewed view of like, oh, outfield is easy. Or yeah, you know, that was that was brought up. Brennan brought that up in the chat the other day. He was like, Man, third base is a wasteland. And I was like, What me and speech were like, what? Yeah, Raphael like, Devers, like, yeah, you just fine. Yeah, yeah. You just, you just draft this, play, or you just take this rookie. You know, playing Austin Riley at a, at a, at the nth position, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I went from Manny Machado as my shortstop to Fernando Tatis as my shortstop, and then just have to move Manny to third. What a life. Ian, who's your uh, who's your third ranked manager? Uh, I'd probably, I'd probably, I'd put Trevor in that. I, I feel like the shine is coming off, man. Like, but uh, however, he had one bad year last year. I think that single really be championship proven. over 14 years. Like I agree yeah, with that. He went I to the championship he, in 2020. He dra- he's dragged some shit to some championships, I think. Uh, and also to playoffs. However, the biggest thing that disappoints me about Trevor last year is that of all, I would have thought his keepers, it was nice that he required picks. I would have thought his retooling of his keeper set would look a lot better now than it does. See, like my first tier used to be like the three, the three teams that is probably on your tier and then like a pretty substantial gap. And then the next like kind of middle high tier but I don't know if that top tier is a three tier team or is a three team tier at this point. Like, would you, would you take Trevor over? No, like, I That's feel like he's, gives anybody else. He's, he, he has I, a better yeah. track record. Ev, like Evan, like, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. It's Evan, Mr. Magoo's Evan. his way into and Evan, Yeah. I, I defend Evan a lot. Uh, Cause he's, you know, he's gone through his cycles of being really good and, bad and all that. and so but i think trevor has had a more consistent longer track record yeah i guess i mean looking at results wise here like you know the last seven eight years evans evans probably though although he's had lower lows than trevor he's put together more potent teams though like evans had his window he's had a couple of different windows where he's had a really good team kind of like how speed has now i also think like this is going to come out wrong but like I think Trevor's a pretty smart guy and his results in the league, like overall, I feel like are lacking compared to just hit like his general, like, you know, level of intelligence, et cetera. I, I think he doesn't, you maybe have said this before and it's probably because it's so much in the day-to-day management. He hasn't so much like done so much long-term roster building, I guess you'd say. 
and then like Evan is, you know, I love Evan and he's a smart guy, but like, I wouldn't put him as that like cutting edge intellectual, like going to break the game. Think of like the newest strategy, but I feel like he is outperformed like his, I don't know. Baseline. I put, I put, I, I put Ev- Evan's like, is like, is like Mook light. Yeah. The old, yeah, it's the do. paper and pen. It's the paper and pen guy. Right. So like if the paper, if the paper and pen guy has as many championships as like the, the smart guy, like who sees the angles or tries to abuse the system, cheat the system, like, uh, whatever I don't even call he, he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor's the most efficient in season roster manager and sure. always has, but, but I think that comes at an expense at some point of like, when you're focused so much on that, you're not, you're, you know, some guys are way too focused on trying to get the next big thing. And like Housky's a good example of that, of like, Oh, it, you know, is never going to let a young guy go. We're always going to allocate roster spots to that. Trevor's on the opposite end of the spectrum of always playing week to week matchups and cycling his roster in and out that it's like, he, there's not enough time sent to like, you know, being, being general manager, I guess you'd call it. Who has more championships over the next five years, Mook or Trevor? Trevor. Yeah, Trevor. Really? Mook's okay. getting to be, like I said, Mook's be, the, be that guy where he's, he's going more towards the housekey side of things. But you don't, like, he has a much better keeper set though, right? Like he's, his starting position's ahead. Is really? Is there, I mean, is it really that much better? He's got, so Cooney's going to miss part of the year if it starts on time, right? Like he's just got elite, and then we haven't like, Done the we deep don't know. We haven't. Or we haven't seen. I mean, what does Mook have that makes such a great keeper set? Like, is Correa going to play 150 games? Is yeah? You know, who's who's I mean, the standout star on offense? Acuna. Acuna. But Acuna's Acuna's coming off an ACL injury, and it probably isn't going to start the year, right? He's ahead of schedule, so he might be back. Yeah. No, yeah. When he has Acuna, yeah. But then, Eloy. and then you flip, you flip on the other side of things. I mean, yeah, Eloy got hurt last year and then in his shortened time, you know, did okay. Uh, and then you flip on the other side, it's like, and this is where I said where I got mad at Mook for not even considering the move of Glennick, because it's like, you have Max Scherzer right now. How many more, how many more years right. are you gonna have this? Right. Of a you know, a sub one whip and 240 strikeouts a year. Yeah, I'm, we're gonna have to do a deeper dive on the on the we gotta get moved overall rankings here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good luck with that. The guy can't even learn how to get. He into said the- he said he'd be able to get on. We'll we'll, do, right. we'll get we'll get moved. Even if we have to, if I have to go to his house with you know a recording device, and uh, <laughs> can you guys just go to Drip Cafe? Well, was, Isn't that where you go? Uh, Mook and I. You know, to interview to interview Mook, we're gonna have to go on a Saturday and like watch his kids with him, like you said, with a recording device, and talk to him about fantasy baseball. Mook and I, uh, we see each other at the hack, so uh, we'll we'll work out. I'll do a I'll do an interview while he's lifting. Start yelling on, at him about his, his mask on his man boobs. Oh, <laughs> all right, Speed. Any uh, any final thoughts on uh, again your championship season or the league in general? Uh, winning is not easy. As Ben said, it's fucking hard and stressful. Uh, the other question I got is the truth both to to you two. Who's what's the top three keeper sets that you think are going into next year? I I think you definitely have one of them speed. 
I haven't put together my uh, my dollar rankings yet, but that's certainly a good question. I mean, I so think- I think, and I personally, I personally think I have. Although the thing that kills me is I'll be carrying Glass now, who's going to be pretty much a zero. Yeah, how long are you going to carry him? What as if long you- as it takes? As long June. as it takes speed. What if it gets to the middle of June and you got to make a move? We're gonna. I'm gonna vote for four DL slots again. So <laughs> it's gonna get shut down. We need four. Uh, no, but I think I think mine and just on the sheer fact of the the like Bichette, Devers, you know, Riley, Jordan Alvarez is just you know that that goes up there with yours in terms of having the the deep elite players. Uh, yeah, I think speed's top three. Yeah. Obviously. Ben and is Pat. Ben still there? Pat? Like Ben's not good. Pat's, I'm just looking at the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going down the roster. Number. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't put Ben's there anymore. Um, although like we would have last year. Housekeys, I would I, I at least entertain the idea because I think the combination of Albies, Soto, uh, you Burns. know, Bogarts, Corbin Burns, like those are all really high-end guys. Speed, who are you most concerned about at your keeper set? Of next year um bauer would be the only one right now and then i'm not it's still on the fence of keeper. do you think that it's that a team takes him in or that uh him post I, or is it him post spider tack uh it's him with the whatever suspension he gets and a team taking him in okay are you and then otani the pitcher if i keep him but he's on my possible list right now because i don't think he can repeat what so he who did. do you who do you keep over otani if you don't keep him uh would be morton and bauer as my two other pitchers okay i yeah i, th- I think Otani's such a fascinating like fringe keeper pitcher because it's like even just owning him on your roster last year i feel like there was games where it's like he was either getting run out in the second inning or he was striking out 12 guys. There was the game versus the Yankees. He went a third of an inning. Gave <laughs> yeah, I remember watching. Yeah. And smiled as he walked off the mound. That one made me want to pull my hair out. And then the next time he comes out and throws seven innings with 12 Ks. One of my favorite things, though, and I always love, I think I've said this before. I love how Otani has more personality than Mike Trout in that even though he doesn't speak English in that like his facial expressions in between pitches and during games are the best. I love like see Friedman always posts all those gifts on Twitter of like Otani, like Otani gives up a home run smirk. You know what I mean? Like Otani strikes guy out different smirk, but still funny smirk. Like, right. And yeah, you you see him hitting and pitching. So like you get both ends of it. Um, Yeah, it is. I don't know. He's a cool, just a cool player to watch. Do you, uh, obviously, obviously you wish that, uh, we, you could have had him had both players, huh? (laughs) Yeah. That was when the league was against me. So what would we, Jamie, what would we do if suddenly Yahoo combined him into one player? Uh, he would be mine. Um, the rookie claim. I don't think they could ever, well, it's, I don't know. It's Yahoo. They yes, can do whatever they want. I think CBS and ESPN have gone the one player. Well, ESPN they, was they always start, one They started one, with one player. Yeah. And I you had to designate yeah. that day what he was going to do. I think it would mess up too many like long-term keeper leagues for them to make that change at this point. Well, now, now it would be up until right. last year, not as big of a deal. Now it's funny that I, it's wild that Otani 
became a top 10 offensive hitter. Yes. To me. What round did you get him in? Uh, the sixth round. Oof. That was my fun round where I took him and Chris Sale. The crit, the... I, I drafted him the fifth or sixth year before and then ended up having to drop him because he was awful. He wasn't yeah, even I... playing every day. He was playing like three days a week. And I had him the year before and he was, he was kind of like a hidden gem. Um, he was just, useful, yeah, because it's the sneaky thing is he was running too. Yeah, yeah. and he, I think he hit 280 that year or something. And to circle this all back up, uh, I think it's interesting the rookie draft that Speed and Housky had of Albies, uh, sorry, Otani, Albies, Tatis, Soto were all taken. I forget in which exact order it was. I think Albies went, no, Otani went one, Albies went two. Who went before? Tatis went three. I traded and then Soto was later, and then a Soto was a fit the fifth. I think whoever was fourth passed. It probably passed. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Oh no, no, the two gems of that. Although Albies is very good, and you know whatever Otani, you could probably say if you're drafting as a rookie, then you know obviously was worth a pick, but hasn't provided that type of value. But it's like the two biggest gems, and then obviously Albies was a really good one. But the two, I think two of the two who we were building the league who would probably go number one and number two in some kind of order. And if keeper fantasy league were the two guys taken later, but by the same teams, it's not just that they were taken later than other guys, each of those teams, they were their second selections. And I remember now duty was fourth. If you recall, he was going to take Tatis. If I didn't take him before he could get probably what kept another, kept another year of holding on to, pirate tyler glass now then or something that or he had his eye on this gavin gavin lux because he was the next big thing probably uh i don't think he rookie lux i think lux was a was a roster stash but you might be right i don't know all right let's uh let's wrap this thing up any any further thoughts gentlemen on the the league in general uh if we don't get a full year of baseball we are gonna have another photo or not photo we're gonna have another race to the finish a short division uh, division would we do would you want yeah everybody in on if we had to have a shortened season we'd all be back in on divisions right i feel like that worked out well i'm in on as well as it could have been what so i'm in on divisions anyway oh no now that we don't have a a perfectly balanced schedule at the 14 team leagues um i'm in for it let's let's say that for another pod we could talk about lots of uh we got we got, keeper, we got we got manager hierarchy we got divisions versus non-divisions to go we got yeah save for another pod. We got a lot a lot of content well speed appreciate having you on uh congrats again um i think it was a good first episode on the pod for you hopefully we'll have you back this summer uh i don't talk to the media during the season it'll be uh this time next year when i have the trophy for back to so you only you only talk in the off season only talk in the off season we'll see you in 10 years again when you win again all right, or next year. All right. Have a good night. See you guys. See you guys. Uh.